Well, he always has that cool demeanor. He symbolizes hope, and he's got that legendary shot, and he is always just a, a ray of sunshine, and it's certainly something we could use right now as our society gets through what it's getting through with the pandemic. Tyus Edney, a legend, a, a deity when it comes to the NCAA tournament for what he has done. Thanks for doing this. Oh, no problem. You're too kind. <laughs> I, I just speak the truth on, on this show and this <laughs> podcast, and I've looked up to you for so long. And, and my first question for you, for you, Tyus, and I'm Brian Fenley, and again, so glad to have you here, is how does a four-year-old self like yourself from Compton become a mega star in the NCAA tournament and make a shot that will go down in the tournament's lore as maybe the best ever pulled off? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> I know at four years old, I never thought that would happen. Um, but just, you know, I guess, I guess growing up and playing, you always want to have a moment like that. And just, I think something that kind of lives on in, at least in LA history or UCLA history, and like you said, um, NCAA history. So it, it is like a dream come true, to, especially to end your career um, kind of on a high note like that and, and having a moment like that. It's crazy to think that it's been 25 years since that has happened. And I saw recently, Tyus, that you guys all got together, part of that 95 national championship team, and did a Zoom chat. And you all reunited through the virtual way. And, and with Steve Lavin being an assistant coach at the time, did he let anyone else talk during that Zoom <laughs> session? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It took him like 30 minutes to, to figure out how to get on. But then, yeah. <laughs> what were you guys talking about rehashing old memories what was it like to connect with all those guys again oh it was great it was great i think um just the memories you know it's all the all the memories that you have and just the crazy times just remembering all the stories and things that happened so it ends up being really just a, a, a laugh session of everybody laughing yeah crazy stuff that we did but um it was it was great to i know it was virtual but it's hard to get everybody together and it was, True. It was awesome that so many of us were able you know to get on that call and and just see each other and even though you know it's not physical but you can still see everyone's face and, and it's good to see see everyone's doing well what was something fun that you guys maybe talked about during that virtual session that happened during that season that, that was funny that maybe it happened during a game or during a, a practice session or on the team bus or on a plane where you all oh look God. back and giggled or, or a moment like that that stood out to you that you're like oh yeah I remember that I remember that <laughs> oh my god it was a lot of them um just I, I think it was a, a lot of a lot of it was our freshmen coming in with their energy and yeah Seems like every other week they had a different crew. You know, they nicknamed themselves different things. <laughs> a couple of them that were just basically in the weight room. They're like, oh, you know, weight room, weight room. So, like, stuff like that, you know, yeah. on the hallways, weight room, weight room. Like, oh my God, these guys. <laughs> they had a crew and then they had breakups and it was just like, just yeah. like that. <laughs> and people out. It was just, you know, little stuff, just, you know. Um, oh, for sure. Things in practice. Practice that happened, you know, it's, it's, it was a lot of them. <laughs>
Well, I, I had, it was really cool because I had Chris Johnson on a couple of days ago and I asked him about <laughs> that, that game against Missouri and that final play. And he's taking a little bit of credit for the win. And I said, how are you taking credit for the win? You were not in the final play. He said, I'm superstitious and the way I put the towel around my head the way I positioned it has been, I think, a big reason to why we won. How much are you buying that, Tyus? Hey, I buy it. I buy it. They had their whole town crew, and I remember yeah. all the pictures of them. And that was just that. That just you know speaks to the fun that we were having that season, and and even you know to the down to superstition of of how the towel was around his head, and and. Uh, you know, how, how it just all kind of worked out in the end. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. How has that shot against Missouri changed your life in ways you never imagined? Um, I think at, at the time, you just don't realize how that's going to impact sure. people's memories and lives. And, and um, you know, it's, it's just something that, I think as the years go by, you realize how important it was for um, for all the Bruin fans and just fans in general. You know, even people that weren't UCLA basketball fans. I mean, I think um, a lot of um, other states, people in other states, they really took to our team. And I guess, you know, they liked how, how we played and how we, you know, played together and just, just how we were on the court. And, um and even a moment like that is just something that you don't realize people will remember for that long and, and how important it ended up being. You know? Missouri goes up by one. You guys call a timeout, 4.8 seconds to go. You get into the huddle there and diffuse seemingly the, the terror or the horror of going down and giving up that go-ahead bucket. Who stepped in during that last timeout before you got the shot off and instilled some hope and said, guys, let's not get too overwhelmed here. We still got time on the clock. We can still do this thing. I mean, honestly, it was Coach, uh, Coach Herrick. It was, um, you know, he. It, it's something I, I, and I learned over the years, like when, when you kind of see a coach panicking or you see him react yeah. to everything, you know, I think that carries over to the team. Sure. I just remember walking you know, back to that huddle was a long, long walk. It seemed like because <laughs> <laughs> we were on the other, I think our bench was on the other side too. It was like, oh my goodness. Um, but then when you got to the huddle, you know, you kind of expect to see panic on the coach's face. And he just, he was the same as, as, as he always was and just gave us the plan. And he just, you know, basically said, Tyus, I want you to, to shoot, shoot the ball. You know, I want you to make the play. And, um, you know, obviously, I'm like, you sure about that? Because yeah. <laughs> all year it's been Ed, Ed, you know. So, um, and I've told a couple people, you know, Ed is when we got out of the huddle, he's like, give me the ball. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, but, you know, that that's just, it was, it was coach, you know, coach just had that, that calm demeanor. Like, you know, this is, there's no reason to panic. You know, we'll figure this out. You know who wasn't asking for the ball? We had it was really cool. We had J.R. Henderson on, and he was describing his vantage point of that yeah. final play. And he remembers being underneath the basket and praying, "Tyus, do not pass me the ball, please. Do not pass me the ball. I promise you, it's not going to work out." So his prayers were answered, thanks to you. I've also heard that in that huddle before you got the opportunity to make the 
that basket was that Ed also said, hey, we're going to win this game. So you mm-hmm. called game with your game winner, but he predicted the win during that mm-hmm. timeout. Is, is that something you heard kind of when he was with the guys in, in the timeout? That was a feel coming out of the huddle. You know, everybody, come on, you know, you know, it's like, come on, all right, we, we got it, we're going to win this. Come on, we, you know. Yeah. That's kind of how we were, I felt, all season. I mean, um, not like we were undefeated, but even in the tough games, I thought we were – we stayed together. And that's that was key for, I think, for our success is just being able to stay together in tough times and in tough situations. Ty Sedney joins us, Bruin basketball legend on the podcast. And fast-forwarding to the national championship game, and I know you wish you were – able to play a bigger factor what went into the couple days before that game where you were enduring some injuries and you had to find ways to try and play but it was just it was a hard thing to do a a tall task yeah it was it was I I um I heard it in the final four game against uh Oklahoma State and uh finished that game but didn't realize you know when the adrenaline's going and you're you don't realize how severe it is and um I, I just knew even in that game that as it was getting pretty stiff, you know, and um, good thing they didn't know that because they probably <laughs> would be yeah. like 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, just going into that game, I, I it was a moment before that game that I went over to Cameron because I was yeah. doing everything I could to get my wrist ready. And, and I just um, I went over to um, – Cam and I was like, Cam, look, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm messed up, man. You got to be ready. Sure. <laughs> he just, he kind of just pushed me. It's like, whatever, man, come on. And I was like, no, no, Cam, Cam, listen to me, listen to me. You got to be ready. Like, I'm, I'm messed up, you know. So, um, he was like, all right. I don't think he would believe me honestly until really? I came out of the game. <laughs> and he was, it was almost still. He was like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know. So, um. It was tough. I appreciate Coach for giving me a chance, but I knew that I was a liability on the court. Um, I had one hand, so that 40 minutes of hell is not going to work with one hand. (laughs) But you altered your role. So even though you were on the bench, I could tell that you were mentoring Cam and coaching him up and trying to instruct him and help him along the way. And I know early on when he got in the game, he looked maybe a little bit nervous. But what did you tell him? to calm him down because eventually it looked like he got in a groove and got comfortable out there. I think, I mean, we all were, were encouraging Cam. He played uh, great for us the whole season. And, and uh, it was just this reinforcement like Cam, you know, you, you, this is what you do, you know what I mean? And, and, and just telling him being confident, being uh, positive with him and, and everybody really everybody on the court. Cause once I became the cheerleader, and uh, I guess a little bit of coach <laughs> uh, sure. still in, in the game and you're yelling and it's like you're in the game. So, um, yeah, he just, he was amazing. He just did what he did all season, just ran, ran the squad and, and was a leader out there. And you becoming a part of a team that wins the, the only national championship other than what John Wooden has done. I had a feeling just if we didn't have the stoppage at the end of last season, that this Bruin team we had this year might have been able to make some noise. What do you think is the reason why it's been 25 years? You guys had a magical run. There have been times where UCLA and you've been on the coaching staffs as well where been so close. What do you think is getting in the way of this team, getting over the hump and getting another title? Uh, it's tough now. It's tough. I mean, it's um, – <laughs> 
but nowadays you almost have to have upperclassmen that they sure. do in the state of basketball. And I'm not saying that that's been the case for the last 25 years, but, um, you know, Coach Howell had great teams and, and we're right there, but it just proves to, to how, how tough it is. Things have to go right at the right time. You know what I mean? I mean like the Missouri, I mean, that, that's got to go right. And um, it's just been, you know, a tough, tough road to try to get back. And then, um, you know, UCLA, you'll get top talent. You have opportunities to, to bring in top talent. And now it's how do you keep them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, with the G League and all that stuff coming into play. Yeah, yeah. And I was there with, you know, Lonzo Ball and, and Leaf and those guys. And that, that was a team I felt that reminded me a lot of our team that would have a chance. Interesting. But now you have that team kind of breaking up with as freshmen, you know, doing one year and a couple of main guys, three of them actually left. And so yeah. bring that team back in another year. And it's like, my goodness, with experience and, oh. you know, and what the tournament is and what it means and just all that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, to see that. Uh, but that's just the way it is now in, in the game. And you almost, you know, you have to either try to win, but somehow keeping good upperclassmen or um, have young phenoms, you know, like Kentucky did that one year. But, um, you know, you see it's, it's tough. Even Duke with one and done's there, they're not keeping some of theirs and, sure. and they'll win again. So, I mean, uh, there's nothing, there's no price you can put on experience. So, um, I feel like now, especially the more experienced teams, you have a better chance you have. Yeah, we see that in teams like Villanova over the last couple of years where they've had yeah. some experience with their yeah. guard play as well. And there's still, like you said, a, a level of uh, legendary status with UCLA. Where do you think it stands, the program, over all of its years in relation to the Dukes of the world? Do you feel like it's right there? Do you think it could get back there if it's not? Where do you have it amongst all the great programs that have ever graced college basketball? I mean, the, the school, is, it's built on basketball, and, and that's our reputation. And, and um, I think just the body of work of Coach Wooden and, and what we were able to do um, will keep that going. Um, now I think it's uh, been a little bit of an adjustment just with the, the scope of how basketball is now. And, and it's, uh, I don't think it's just us. I think there's a lot of great programs that are, have found themselves in the kind of in-between state. It's like, all right, so are we going to be a one and done type of school? Or are we going to interesting? Be- yeah. And, and, you know, and so it's almost like a little strange middle ground where, uh, you know, a lot of the schools, uh, if they're able to keep a couple of those guys, maybe one more year, then they can make yeah. they're in contention. And so, um, yeah, it's like it's it's a little it's it's a it's really tough to figure out kind of uh which lane you want to go in because now I think you're almost forced into a certain lane and so um but I think the you know the the opportunity and and the ability to get back there is still there I think we still are one of the top programs and and should be yeah um you know just hopefully we can we can kind of figure that out and start getting back to where where it has been your coaching background, even with UCLA, and I'm sure you've had discussions with players when they have those thoughts that come through their mind. Hey, should I go pro after my freshman year? Through all of your experiences, handling all of these different debates with players that you've coached, how do you approach conversations like that? 
Um, I mean, honestly, you just you you just say to the to the player. I mean, if, if, do they feel honestly that they're ready? Sure. You know? Um, you have to give them confidence that you believe in them, obviously, and, and that they can uh, do well and make it at that level. So um, it's tough to say, hey, come back when, when you know that a player has an opportunity to, to help his family. Sure. So um, you, you want to encourage them to, to reach their ultimate goal and fulfill their dream. So, um, I mean, that's also kind of one of the reasons they come to UCLA is, is you know, they have a platform and to where they can possibly go and, and be a pro. So, um, you know, it's, it's kind of really individual. It depends on the player and kind of sure. where he is. And, and uh, we've had a, over since I've been there, we've had a couple comeback for that next year after they just kind of talk to everyone. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, you know, their decision, their family's decision. And, sure. and some, I think, have made the good decision to come back. And, um, you know, it's, it's tough to, to go and be a one and done and, and be successful. So, um, you know, some have a little harder road, but I mean, I feel like they, they're all talented enough to, to make it. It's just, you know, once you get to that level, it's, <laughs> it's big time level. So uh, everybody's great. Everyone was a great player on their, on their team and or high school team or wherever they came from. So you're, you know, you're competing against the best of the best. So you have to kind of be ready for that and prepare for that. You now are transitioning into a different role. Obviously you have such a love for coaching. Give us a sense of what you're doing now with UCLA and all the responsibilities and things that are keeping you busy. Um, so yeah, I'm still athletic department. So um still get to do all the events, football, basketball, all the other sports, um, things like that. And, and uh, I'm actually helping to, um, well, it's part fundraise, part uh, alumni. So okay. I'm trying to help to engage alumni and just help them in their after, after life, basically, after they CLA and yeah. connecting with our alumni base and just different things like that to try to, uh, improve our network and, and just kind of help our, you know, student athletes and former student athletes in their, in their post athletic career. Sure. You guys do such good work with that. All the basketball players I've talked to that maybe got a chance in the NBA, didn't work out, but there's such a fraternity, such a networking power, the UCLA basketball, but also UCLA athletics has been able to do to help the student athletes. And you've been on the front lines of that. My last question for you here, Ty, is, is you are a very easygoing guy. So when was the time in your basketball career that you remember when you were the angriest or you were the most <laughs> fired up that you've ever been? <laughs> um, <laughs> pro career also? Yes, anywhere. Um, <laughs> I probably, when I was in Italy, I played in Italy for uh, several years. And, um, <laughs> one year when I played for a coach, he was excellent coach, just to say he's an excellent coach. Um, he had won championships before over there and things like that. Um, he was from, um, Yugoslavia, which, you know, former Yugoslavia. Um, so I probably was the guy that was the voice of the team. Okay. 
but uh, <laughs> and I know you people would never believe me. I was like, wait a minute, is this is this the Ty Sedney we know? Wait, hold on. Yeah, yeah, I was the one that you know, because he the, the reputation is he's a tough coach and he likes to to work the, the players. Yeah, hard. and so um, we were working so hard, in my opinion, and not just mine, but the whole team that yeah. we would perform in the games, and so we would be good for about a half. In the second half, it would be a disaster. Like our our decline was like you know, sure, we, just, we hit a wall, and so um, that was a frustrating thing for me because I don't like to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, I became the voice to go to the coach, and everybody else seemed to be a little. Uh-huh. So I would be the one that would uh, have our little shouting matches. <laughs> <laughs> no way i could <laughs> but you had the thick skin ultimately you had the yeah. thick skin and you had yeah. to speak up for the team and you have a story to tell yeah 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 i know no one ever believes it but <laughs> <laughs> well you heard it here it is truth it happens tyus thank you for doing this it was a whole lot of fun and i know bruin fans will love this because it'll give them something to take their mind off you know what they're going on in their own lives right now until we can get sports yeah. back and bruin athletics back and rolling and i hope i get to see you on campus once they reopen things here in the next couple months hopefully and uh this was a lot of fun thanks for doing this yeah. once again all right thanks for having me on March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.